Today I wanted to talk a little bit about trust. Uh, that's a theme that's come up in some of these recordings before, um, and it's, it's really because it's been one of the bigger themes that has been showing up in my life in the last year or two. Um, sort of the sense of developing a deeper and deeper trust in life itself. Uh, if that's not necessarily the way trust has shown up in your life, you can think of it in different contexts. Um, you know, trust is such an intimate part of our human experience um, with, you know, any kind of, it's, the, it's really the core of any kind of relationship that we have, whether it's with a family member, a friend, a significant other. Um, trust is really the foundation of relationship. And in some ways you can even, you can sort of measure the the true intimacy you have with somebody, the true closeness you have with another person by um, the level of trust that you have um, and the, the level of trust they have for you, of course. Um, I think that's why um, partners who are unfaithful or unreliable in so many ways, it, it tends to be something very hard for relationships to come back from because that trust has been broken and once it's been broken, it's very difficult to repair. Um, but in today's talk, I want to focus more on um, the sort of general trust in life. And the reason it's I found it to be one of it, ultimately, I would say it's been the most biggest, the biggest change that's shown up in my life in the last two years is sort of gradually developing this deeper and deeper trust in life itself. And um, so some of the reasons why that's been, it sounds like something very, you know, minor or um, very intangible, but it has very, very major implications to just the whole feeling of life itself. Um, it's, and one way I could describe it is, it's sort of like the cousin of gratitude um, that I talked about in the last recording. It has a very similar um, effect to gratitude into allowing you to be more at ease with life and thus allowing you to be much more present for your life. Um, so similar to gratitude, how gratitude brings you back to the present moment because when you're truly grateful for what's happening right now in your life and the, the whole status of your life, all of a sudden your attention isn't, is pulled away from all of these things that you want to happen or the things you don't want to happen or you wish didn't happen or you wish happened in your life and it's brought back to just life as it is right now. And um, it's sort of similar with trust um, because another thing that's constantly bringing us out of the present moment is, uh, is fear. Um, so there's sort of two... There's two major energies that are constantly bringing us out of the uh, present moment. One is sort of this, this desire for things to be different. And another one is fear. Um, and, they're, and they're related. So in the last recording, I talked a little bit more about the, the gratitude side of things. And today I'll focus a little bit more on the, the fear side of things. So whereas gratitude is, the ant is, is an antidote to desire, or to grasping, always grasping at something more and never just being in this insatiable cycle of always feeling like I'll be happy with some future moment, trust is really the antidote to fear. Because if you are completely trusting that everything in your life is happening exactly as it should be and exactly in your best interest, even though you can't see it at the time, all of a sudden, there's there's nothing to be afraid of. Um, even things in the future that you are perhaps afraid will happen, um, and all of a sudden, as, a, as trust deepens, it sort of dissipates that fear of the future as well, because anything that could happen in the future would also be in your best interest, would also be um, happening for the highest good. Um, even if you can't see it at the time. Um, so that's why I find trust and gratitude to be so important. And um, 
Last time I focused a bit more on gratitude, so this one I'll focus a little bit more on trust. Um, but I wanted to just, you know, go a little bit more into each of those right now. Whereas, you know, and when I say, like, going back to the gratitude side of things, when I say desire, I'm not saying that it's bad to have desires or it's, it's bad to want things for, in your, want, want certain things in your life. I think that's a very core part of life. Um, and it's a very core part of our experience here. So it's, it's not about suppressing desires or that to have a desire is, you know, evil in some way. Um, it's more about changing your relationships to your desires and really understanding what's at the root of those desires and, um, and ultimately kind of coming to this place where you, like there's a way of still wanting certain things um, while still being grateful of everything that you have and finding the balance there. And there's also a way of wanting something from a place of just joy um, and abundance and um, that it would be fun, it would be something else to experience versus feeling like you need something. Um, those are two very different energies of, of desire. And I'm kind of talking, I'm not talking, when I say desire, I'm not really talking about the first one where you're kind of, you're coming from a place of fullness and wholeness and joy and just wanting to, you know, experience new things and share and, you know, go forth in life in that way. I'm talking about more of the desire that comes from a sense of lacking something, a sense of needing something um, to be happy. And that's, that's where honestly, most of our desires are coming from, which is why they need to be kind of investigated. Um, and, you know, so really, w with desire and uh, fear, um, an antidote is gratitude and trust. Um, so I talked about gratitude, and then with trust, again, when we, when we realize that our life is perfect as it is, um, then there's a sense of, you know, there, there's a sense of not having to, how do I want to say this? Yeah, the, the, the grasping at something else just dissipates significantly. And the, the benefit of that is that we are, again, brought back into now, um, which is our life, we're able to show up for our life, we're able to really truly experience life in a very rich way. And it actually also very paradoxically opens up all these new possibilities. Um, so, you know, for example, intellectually, it can kind of seem like developing this, this lack of trust, I mean, at this level of trust and gratitude would make somebody very inactive and very complacent. Um, because all of a sudden, if everything is perfectly okay as it is, and um, I, and I'm 100% grateful for my life as it is, why would I do anything? Why would I move in the world? Why would I like like what 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 is there to do? What's left? Um, and it, but it's funny that it's it's actually can be quite the opposite, um, even though there can be a phase. Of that, which I was, I was definitely have had a phase of that nature of um, just being so trusting and so grateful that I just felt like there was nothing left to do in life at all. Um, sort of the squashing of this of your ambition in a way, um, but then you know that that sort of pass, passes. The the pendulum swings back the other way, and there is there is still a drive to do in the world but it comes from a very different place. It comes from a sense of everything being okay as it is, but still wanting to do something simply from a sense of joy or a sense of excitement or a sense of fun or a sense of compassion for other people, um, a sense of love. Um, so th there is still an energy that's moving you, but it just comes from a different, very different place. That being said, there, it's not like a, 
one day is one way and one day is the next way. It's something that happens very, very gradually over time. And there can actually be a, a gray, a sort of, I, I describe it as a gray area in between where you feel like where, where all of you, the previous energies that moved you at one point in life have dropped away, but these new um, energies have not quite, you know, shown up for you yet. Um, so you sort of feel like you're in this sort of limbo, <laughs> this limbo sort of purgatory-like phase. Um, so going back to trust, I, I sort of started developing a relationship with this trust in life about a couple years ago. And I describe it as actually a, a relation, my, the beginning of me starting to form a relationship with God. Um, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I wanted to go just a few minutes into what I mean by when I say God, because, you know, that is a very loaded term, which has a lot of connotations in Western culture. And I was very resistant to anyone that would use the word God for a very long time. I would sort of just, if I heard that, I was like, okay, this guy's an idiot, turn this off. Um, so, uh, I just wanted to say when I, when I say God, I really mean, you know, the deepest layer of my own being, of my own self. Um, so if we think of the, you know, ourselves like an onion where the outer layer might be the body, the personality, the conscious mind, and then we go a layer inward, and then we have, you know, the subconscious mind and inner body sensations, and you kind of get more subtle and more subtle and more subtle. The very ground of all of that would be what I would consider God. So the, the deepest layer of ourselves. Um, that's what I call God. Um, and that deepest layer is actually the same. It, it's the base. It's like, it's like the base. It's like the foundation. It's like the screen on which, you know, the movie of your life is shown. Um, and that's the same screen for everybody. Um, everybody has this, this deep layer of being on um, this universal, it's like this universal level layer of consciousness. That's at the very, it's actually consciousness itself, um, at the very depth of our self. So that's kind of what I mean when I say God. So when I say developing a relationship with God, what it really is, is developing a deeper relationship with the deepest part of myself. But the way it feels is the way it feels is sort of developing a relationship with almost like this, this other entity. Um, another way of thinking of God is, you know, just the intel, the intelligence that, um, runs or the creative, the creative intelligence that's responsible for the entire universe, the intelligence that goes into, um, a how, uh, that determines how a plant is going to grow and all the micro functions and, organisms that go into that, uh, the intelligence that goes into um, how, how the body knows how to heal itself when you have a wound. So whatever you want to call that intelligence, um, the intelligence that sort of determines how your life unfolds, how the various um, scenes and experiences and phases of your life unfold in your world, in your reality. Um, so that's really the core of what I mean when I say God. And so it's not like it's, there's, it's this separate entity, you know, somewhere up in the sky um, that's, you know, I have to kiss up to if I want to have a, <laughs> or it's, I'm going to be punished. Um, it's not really like that. It's it, like, so let's say if I was to pray, there would be sort of an understanding that I'm praying to a deeper part of myself. I'm praying to invoke certain feelings, certain attitudes um, of, let's say, love or compassion um, within myself. And by doing that at a very deep level, um, those qualities will show up more in my being and in my life. Um, but the way it feels, and I, so I can kind of see why in various religions there's sort of this this notion of creating a relationship with God as if it's something separate from yourself, because there, I, I feel like that is useful at a certain phase. And that's, that I've, I've found that to be a very useful thing to think of it almost 
as if it's separate from you because likely your sense of self is more grounded in your your sense of identity is more in the bot with you know you as a body you as a mind um so it actually is separate from yourself because it's not your conscious mind it's not your body um, it's the thing that's actually creating your conscious mind and it's creating your body um, even though it is you it is a deeper part of yourself <clears throat> but we're not in touch with that self on an everyday basis or at least most people aren't um, so it is kind of helpful to think of it as almost something separate um, and it also helps you actually create that relationship and in because we're relational beings um, throughout our whole life you know we're always in relationship with other people with um, experiences so um, it, it kind of makes sense that we would use this notion of relationship to become closer to this inner part of ourself because when we're in relationship with something it really brings it deeper if we just thought of it as okay it's this like deep level of consciousness um you know it, it wouldn't really allow you to invoke you know a sense of trust or you know love or passion or anything like that because you would see it as this sort of inanimate in inanimate intangible thing um, so when you give it a name and call it something like god um, and you know it, it sort of allows you to create this more personal relationship with it and it allows you to kind of go deeper um, I, I imagine there's a certain face you get to where you sort of have to drop that as well um, you have to drop that sense of personal relationship um, but for at least for for the phase that I'm in I found it to be very helpful and very fruitful um, and there was this sense of just developing a much deeper trust in God which is another way of saying a deeper trust in life and in, in what's actually happening in my life um, and it, it happened really through various experiences there was a sense of being guided um, by various intuitions that I would have or um, people that would very very coincidentally come into my life at certain times or different experiences that would show up at various times or um, you know signs which I've talked about before various kind of you know beyond coincidental kind of occurrences that would really catch my attention and then there would sort of be this inner knowing that I'm meant to go somewhere or do something um, so that sense of trust was built up over a very long period of time and the various things that I was and experiences that I was felt like I was being guided to do um, each one you know would sort of push me outside my comfort zone a little bit more um, challenge you know the fears that I had um, because of course it has to be bringing up experiences that do cause some level of fear um, to come up because that's that's what trust is working on um, the more you're trusting the less thing the less you're fearful so by continually facing these fears and deciding that life has my back God has my back um, I can I, I can do this I'm being guided to do this I'm going to continually trust and then it always working out well on the other side of that not that it always worked out to some you know material advantage but what I mean by that it was always okay um, and, and you kind of I slowly built the sense of wow like everything is really okay there's really not as much to fear as I, I had always thought um, so <clears throat> the deeper a relationship I would I would um, develop with with God and with life um, and the deeper trust that that took hold in that relationship the more the fear of love, the more fear um, dissipated and the more trust I had that everything was really okay and everything was going to be okay and what the and again it sounds very subtle but it, it really is an entirely different it changes your whole orientation to life because um, at least the orientation that I was in and I think that many other people are in is that everything isn't okay and there's this sort of underlying sense of anxiety and worry that's always propelling us in all of our actions um, and almost everything we do in our entire life 
is because everything isn't okay and we're trying to do something to make it okay. <laughs> Whether it's, um, you know, trying to make more money or trying to, um, you know, I mean, really do anything. Um, almost every single action can kind of boil down to this sense of um, things not being okay and trying to make, trying to do something to make that okay. Um, but when everything is okay, um, and when you really believe that there's sort of the sense of worrying just kind of dissipates and you don't even necessarily realize how much it was taking over your, your thoughts and um, your whole mindset until it starts to dissipate and you just feel this sense of being so much more at ease and so much more um, peace at peace, I guess, um, and so much more Yeah, so much more present um, is really the best way to describe it. Uh, with present with what's happening, um, because again, it's worrying is fear of is another form of fear. It's fear of the future. Um, that's what anxiety is. But when there's that trust, it again pulls the attention away from the future because our attention goes where it feels like it's needed. <laughs> so if there's fear there, the attention goes thinking of the future, thinking of the future because because you know, there's the sense that it's not going to be okay unless I think about it, unless I plan, unless I do. Um, but, oh, and when there's trust, that future-oriented focus um, is pulled back to the present again. Um, and again, it, it, it brings you back to, um, it brings you back to a, a more deeper connection with life. Um, and ironically, it actually can lead to much deeper sense of, um, intuition and creativity so you can have a lot um, more creative ideas and um, intuitions about what you actually might want to do in the future um, without actually actively thinking of it from a fearful perspective um, letting go of that trusting that coming back to now and then ironically um, the future tends to work out <laughs> a lot better uh, a lot more smoothly at least in my experience um, because you're not disconnected from what's actually happening. And it it just lowers that mental activity um, that's constantly going on in the mind um, that's, you know, worrying about the future, worrying about the next step. And when that mental activity slows down, that's when all these creative ideas start flowing to you, um, which is which, which actually end up helping to shape your next step. Um, in an interesting way. And uh, there, it also opens up so many new possibilities because when we're always thinking and planning about the future, it kind of gets fixed and confined into a, a much smaller box um, because it's only based off of what we can conceive at the time. Um, but when we find that we're, in, we're more grounded in the present moment and there's this sense of trust, we are sort of allowing life to move us a bit versus us always trying to move life. Um, and when that happens, it opens up so many possibilities that you couldn't even imagine. Um, so all the things that you that you thought that you wanted, um, all of a sudden, like cause those are only within the realm of things that you already know of. Um, but when you open up to this new intelligence and allowing it to guide you, it can take you to to different possibilities for yourself that you didn't even know that you wanted because they weren't even on your radar. Um, they weren't even on the, on the list of possible things I could want. Um, and it, it sort of becomes just about um, having this layer, this inner sense of trust, and then just taking each step one step at a time without knowing where, where, how all the, you know, how all the pieces are going to eventually come together. Um, but sort of trusting that the outcome will be in your highest alignment. So I was on this journey of trust, um, just, you know, not really knowing where um, it was going to take me. And it, you know, obviously took me all over the world into all sorts of different experiences that I couldn't even have imagined. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was all, you know, rooted in this sense of slowly 
overcoming fears and deepening into trust, overcoming fear, deepening into trust with each new experience. Because a lot of these things weren't things, wouldn't have been things that I would have sat down and chose to do. Um, if I had, you know, planned out a whole trip in advance, I would have looked a certain way. Um, but, I, you know, none of the places I ended up going were places that I had originally intentioned to go for the most part. Um, it, it kind of, I just sort of allowed like this, uh, this sort of other force to um, guide me and, uh, and developed, again, trust in this personal relationship with it. And it ended up being um, something that I couldn't have ever imagined if I had sat down and tried to plan it out um, out of a sense of, you know, worrying or fear that it's not going to be good unless I do that. Um, so that kind of brings me back to, so that was, a lot of that was sort of rehashing things that um, I had talked a little bit about before, but, um, you know, this sense of trust um, has really been broken in a lot of ways with this last experience. And that's that's kind of where I wanted to really focus on because up until th this point of this major accident that I had, everything that was happening was good. Um, everything was happening, I mean, not that I wasn't challenged at certain times and had some, you know, very challenging experiences, but ultimately there was always a sense afterward of a sense of a deeper level of trust, a deeper level of freedom, a deep, deep, deeper level of presence, um, a deeper level of connection with life. Um, and so I would very quickly see how um, the each challenging experience that would happen um, benefited from me, uh, benefited me. And it sort of culminated in, um, of course, culminated ultimately in this very severe accident. Um, but even in the times leading up to that, I was still operating from the same paradigm of just trusting this higher guidance, um, trusting, you know, intuition and these signs that were appearing. Um, and even during this period of time, it was even, even heightened um, significantly the, the amount of, you know, signs that were coming up in my reality and coincidences and um, but then of course it ultimately led to this very severe accident um, that you know incorporated a a extreme amount of suffering physical mental spiritual etc but um, one of the hardest p parts about it was this sense of very deep betrayal that I've been like basically betrayed by life, betrayed by God. Um, you know, I here I had spent, you know, a year or two years, you know, developing this deep, deep relationship um, to the point where I was literally willing to put my entire life on the line. Um, that's how. That's the that's the level of trust that ultimately was created, uh, which is hard for most people to imagine, but. Um, you know, imagine being able, imagine trusting someone so much, uh, you know, that people, you might have heard people doing those trust falls where you sort of, you sort of stand on a slightly elevated platform and just fall backwards and there's a team of people catching you, sort of like a team building exercise. Um, imagine doing, you know, doing that, um, but at the top of a building. Um, but you trust so much um, in, you know, this, you know, this, person or a team that's going to catch you. You trust them so much that you're willing to drop backwards, even though you know that if they somehow don't hold up their end of the bargain, you'll die for sure. Like you'll absolutely die for sure. Um, think about how much trust you would need to have to be able to do that, right? You, you wouldn't, I don't think you do that with a, a random group of uh, coworkers at a team building event, right? You'd have to develop like such an unimaginable level of trust to be willing to, um, give your life, like risk your, your entire life, um, to that person. That, and that's the level that it ultimately got to at the end was literally being able to, being willing to risk my entire life. Um, because I, because I trusted my, I trusted my entire life to God, to life. Um, and then ultimately, um, I, at, when I was, you know, in the hospital in this, you know, intense experience of suffering, I just, the, one of the hardest parts about it was just this sense of losing that trust. That trust in life was 
Uh, actually, I wouldn't say that I had fully lost it, but it was definitely, it took a very major hit. Um, there was sense of, God, I trusted you. I trusted you. How could you let this happen to me? Um, and I'd say the core of it was really the sense of how could you? Like, how could you? After all I did, all of the, you know, courage that I showed, all of the um, confidence that I put in, all the, you know, the deep sense of, like, will that was needed to propel myself through all these different experiences and challenges that were presented. And this is, this is the thanks I get. <laughs> this is the reward I get. Um, this is, you know, this is sort of like, this is, this is all that it came down to. Um, it was all just, it, it just felt like the rug had been pulled out from under me. Um, and I'm sure this particular experience might be hard for a lot of people to relate to, but I think the notion of betrayal is something that runs very deep within um, people. Um, and it may not have shown, it may not have shown up for you as, you know, betrayal of, of God in this like very extreme way. Um, but it may have shown up in a different way. It may have shown up um, in a, a romantic relationship you had where a partner was unfaithful or, or simply a partner was not reliable um, in a time that you really needed them. Um, you know, or similarly, um, a family or a family member or a good friend that um, you felt really left you hanging or um, when, you know, everything seemed to be good and hunky-dory, but then as soon as a, a major conflict came up, all of a sudden they, you know, they showed their true colors and went against you or, um, you know, it could be a coworker um, who you trusted or a boss that sort of threw you under the bus in some way. Um, I think we've all experienced in some fashion a sense of a deep sense of betrayal. Um, and, you know, the, the hardest part of betrayal is this, I mean, one of the biggest implications of it is actually it, of a loss of trust. Um, because when we're, we're betrayed, it takes away our sense of wanting to trust not only this particular person, but anything, right? So similarly, someone that's um, been betrayed in a past relationship is going to have a very hard time trusting future partners um, and it can prevent them from um, developing intimacy, especially if they were really able to open up and be vulnerable with somebody. Um, it's going to be very difficult for them to be vulnerable and open up again um, after something like that has happened. Um, you know, and the same of course goes, goes for, you know, family members or friendships. Um, any kind of betrayal that's occurred in our life is basically going to um, incline us to close down in some way um, and sort of want to shut out people, um, shut out deep relationships, shut out intimacy, um, shut out vulnerability, and which of course that is your connection to life. Um, vulnerability and intimacy um, are just another way of saying your connection to your, your, your ability to allow life to come in, your, your ability to allow um, a deep sense of, allow yourself to really experience life in a very deep way. Um, and so you can kind of see how the sense of not only being betrayed by a person, but being betrayed by God, um, you know, was a, a really major shock to my whole system. It was like, it challenged everything. It was like, how can I ever trust life again? How can I ever trust God again when um, I felt like I was, you know, led astray um, so deeply? It was so deep that I didn't even realize how deep it was. Um, because, um, you know, I had this moment the other day um, where, you know, every, every time where I would meditate in the morning, um, I would come out of the meditation and realize that there were, you know, like tears that were coming down my face, but I didn't really know why. I didn't really feel sad. Um, I just, I just noticed that there were tears, and I said, "Hmm, that's interesting." Well, maybe I was in some state of, you know, such happiness and peace that I was crying tears of joy. Who knows? Um, but the other day, um, and, and a lot of times, these these very deep-seated emotions that are not really 
even in our conscious awareness, they come out, um, you know, at, at, at usually times when we can finally be alone, because we usually just don't feel safe um, going there fully when there are other people around. So um, I was I was home. Um, I, you know, I, there, no, there was nobody else home. I was home by myself, um, which is, if you think about it, it's actually a very rare thing to be really by yourself and in a place where you feel like no one else can even really hear you, um, right? You know, even if we're in our apartment by ourselves, um, there's people that share a wall with you on both sides. So, you know, if you went batshit crazy, <laughs> they would know, they would hear it, they would be concerned. You would be thinking about that in the back back of your mind. But because, um, you know, I'm, I was in this, I was in our house by myself and, uh, I, and you know, we don't, our closest neighbors are, you know, a backyard away. Um, for some reason I was able to just like fully let go. And I was actually, I was working out doing, you know, push-ups and sit-ups, really like exerting myself for one of the first times since the, since my injury. Um, and sort of this like intensity started to come over me. And, um, all of a sudden I just broke out crying just like very, very deep crying, like, like a, you know, <laughs> like a baby in a way, just like really, really broke down, um, like almost like a, it was even more than crying. It was just like, it was like this very deep sense of, and it came from this very deep sense of betrayal of like, like how could I have been forsaken? so badly and so deeply um, after all of the trust that I showed um, and just like all of this sadness just came over me and I just cried and cried and cried and cried and like not just like oh like a cute weeping it was like a full-on wailing <laughs> kind of crying um, and then it kind of and, and, and sort of there's there was this sense like as I was crying and, and probably even came out verbally was like, how could you, how could you, how could you, how could you do this to me? How could you let this happen to me? Um, and, and just thinking back to all of the different, very extreme experiences I, I had in the ICU and in the hospital. Um, and just like, how could you let something like that happen to me? Um, you being God in this case. Um, and then it sort of turned from that into a real anger and just like this very extreme like anger and rage came over me and I was, you know, pounding on like my mattress and <laughs> just like letting out all of this severely suppressed um, sadness and anger. Um, and there was, yeah, it was just, it was very much rooted in this sense of being betrayed. Um, and it was sort of a very like almost archetypal, like human, like the betrayal that we've all experienced and has like, we all kind of feel in some way, but not at a personal relationship level, but at like a, at like a very spiritual level. It was like our whole, like this whole human experience that we're having of living in a body and with the mind and feeling separate and um, being an individual person separated from everything else. It was a sense that, that that experience in and of itself, like this whole experience of life that I'm, that I'm having is in and of itself a betrayal. Um, and there's this very deep release that happened. Um, and that's really why I wanted to talk about betrayal because I, I try to bring up the things that are coming up in my life right now. Um, and, but like allowing myself to really feel that betrayal so viscerally and so deeply that I literally had this explosion of sadness and anger is just exactly what needed to happen. Um, and it's, it's hard for me because I'm not someone who's naturally very emotional and has a very easy time tapping into, uh, feelings. Um, I'm, I'm more of like a mental mind kind of person. I have trouble like dropping more into the heart and into that whole realm of deep feeling. 
Um, so, but of course I, I want to be able to access that and I want to be able to drop into it, but sometimes it just doesn't happen and it doesn't happen until we're fully allowing ourselves to let go. So like when, for some reason, working out, um, it brought up like, it just brought up all of this like intense energy um, because I was breathing very hard, grunting very hard, just like really pushing myself. Um, and then as soon as I felt it start to come on, I started speaking out loud. Um, and then it sort of, for, you know, it sort of comes on in a subtle way. At first, I felt this like sudden, you know, you, you sort of have to fake it till you make it a little bit with this. It's like there's there's sort of a tinge of sadness that came up. But then I started like speaking and really like, you know, very passionately, like almost yelling. Um, and then like it started to bring it up more and more and more until it just like exploded. Um, and it was like a volcano, really. <laughs> uh, and so like it sort of moved through me. And then um, I, I just like just kept perpetuating it, perpetuating it, allowing it to come, allowing it to come. Um, and then when it was all over, um, I just laid down and I looked out the window and there was <laughs> there was this like first there was this like red uh, cardinal just like perched on the branch that um, had visited me a few other times over the course of my recovery. It was just like sitting there, just sort of looking right at me. And then I looked down again and I saw there was like this hawk on the ground, just like 15 feet away from me, um, just like, just kind of looking at me as well. Uh, I know this sounds very ridiculous and very surreal, um, but uh, it really was this like very magical moment. And I just laid there for probably, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes not moving, just like looking um, at this hawk primarily. And he didn't move either for 15 or 20 minutes, which is, which is weird. Cause you know, birds are always kind of like jumping around and, you know, flying off and stuff. But the hawk like didn't move. It just sat there and stared at me and I stared back at it. And, um, I had a sense and, and this, I had a sense that it was sort of, again, this relationship with God being, um, I even get like kind of chills as I think back to that moment again. Uh, but yeah, it was just the sense of this relationship with God um, coming back together and building trust again. And it was sort of um, God's way of showing me that it's okay. Um, it's okay. Um, and it's sort of this feeling that it's like, it's okay to trust again. It's okay to trust again. Um, and in a way, we have to, I, I, it was also became apparent at that time that in a way I had to go through this experience, not for just some of the other things that I'd mentioned, but specifically for, to like culminate in a way, this um, sense of trust that I had been developing for the last couple of years, because um, the, the deepest level of trust and the deep, deepest level of devotion comes can come after you have been completely and utterly betrayed. Um, you know, like just imagine what's, what's, I'm always bad at coming up with these metaphors, but like, just imagine that you had this, um, you know, super close relationship with someone who was like a brother to you. And then, um, all of a sudden they, you know, ratted you out to the police or something. Um, and you had to spend, you know, 20 years in a maximum security, super intense prison. Um, and then you come out of that. And of course you're going to be, you know, you're going to have so much anger. There's going to be so much sadness associated with that because you were so close to this person and you trusted them so much and you feel so alone now, um, now that this betrayal has occurred. And at the same time, there's that anger, of course, towards them for having basically been ruled for putting you through this very deep, um, unimaginable suffering. And, but then, of course, if you are able to still come back and still trust that person and still love that person, um, that is really the ultimate test of trust. That is really the ultimate test of 
love. Um, because from that point, it's like, it's not that, of course, you're in relationship with them to get something or to be something else or to feel whole or um, for companionship or to combat your loneliness or um, to escape, perhaps, escape life or um, anything else like that. Um, it's sort of this like unconditional sense of trust and love that can only come after you've been very deeply betrayed um, because that's the hardest time. <laughs> like I said, even even with the, the experiences I had prior to this, it became more and more, it was more and more difficult to trust with each scenario that would present itself in my life, almost like I was going through this this like trials, um, this like almost these these tests. It really felt like tests and trials, um, and you know, and this this in many ways felt like it was a culminating test. It was sort of like a final exam <laughs> way. It's like, well, yeah, definitely seems like you're you're able to trust, but to truly know you can really trust, um, you have to be betrayed so deeply. Um, in a way that hurts your heart to its core um, and then be able to still come back from that and trust again and love again. Um, and, you know, like I said, it's not just, it doesn't just apply to this, this type of trust or love with God or fearing, feeling betrayed by life. Um, it can also be applied to a person um, perhaps that's betrayed you in the past um, and because that's, you know, that's the same journey that you have to go through is being able to release that sadness, release that anger, um, and ultimately come back to a sense of peace um, and a sense of trust and love. Because you know, the only because anytime you're so you're still holding that grudge within you um, or resentment um, or it's really another form of separation. It's another form of fear um, taking back over. And that's, that has nothing to do with the other person, of course. That's all existing within you. So that's sort of been the, the journey that I've been on lately is, is learning to trust again, um, coming, releasing the anger that I feel and the um, betrayal that I experienced and all the sadness that comes along with that and learning to trust again, um, learning to trust in God again, learning to trust in life again, um, learning to um, still not live from a place of fear in my life. And that's what it really comes down to because throughout this, this um, journey that I was on, I just came to such a place where like I was really just not like fear was such a like I was I was really in a very fearless state um, and it felt so good it felt so freeing to live from that place and such a peaceful and freeing place to opt um, but as I mentioned in a, a couple um, recordings ago to um, to really feel the full sense of freedom, you have to be willing to um, live from that fearless place even when the going gets tough. Um, so right now, um, it would be very easy for me to be like, okay, nope, dial it back. <laughs> Fuck that whole trust thing. I'm, you know, I gotta, I gotta watch my own back now. I can't, I can't just trust. I gotta watch my own back. I gotta really, you know, think through, bring back the rational mind back into to play, bring back, um, you know, fear, bring back planning, bring back everything. Um, that didn't work out. That was a failed experiment. Got to bring, got to bring everything back. Um, and I feel myself even being <clears throat> much more cautious, um, since the injury, not just with like physical things, but just with decisions that I make and, um, even when I feel like there's a clear sign or an intuitive sense to do something or act something, I don't do it very easily. I, I still 
kind of I'll either not do it at all or I'll sort of just think think it through and see if it really makes sense to the mind again, um, which is a place that I was sort of beyond before this all happened. Um, but um, gradually learning to trust again, gradually learning to overcome fear again, and um, hopefully get back to a place where I have this very deep devotional relationship with um, with God and with the intelligence that is allowing our whole life to unfold in a certain way. Um, and even seeing how this experience, which was the ultimate sense of betrayal in my life um, that I've, that I've, <laughs> that I've ever experienced. Um, even that was yet another teaching, yet another lesson, um, and yet another way to help me deepen into this relationship of trust and another way to allow myself to even deepen back into the present moment, even under the most adverse conditions. So I think I'll leave it at that for now. Um, but I hope this was helpful. I hope this was relatable, even though I could see how in some ways it, it might be difficult to relate to. Um, but yeah, I think it was something that I'm very deeply um, and viscerally processing right now. Um, so I felt that I needed to communicate it to process it myself. But I, I already feel like I've gotten a little bit of a taste for what releasing that resentment and sadness and anger gives. Um, because when I was laying on the, when I was laying down and looking, staring at that hawk again, um, there was just this immense sense of peace that came back over me. Um, and I can sense that it would be even much deeper than it was before all this happened because um, there's a sense of even, there's a sense of even when life is going as bad as we can possibly imagine it to, there is still an intelligence even guiding those experiences. <laughs>